So this bolt of lightning shot across the universe and inspired me with the idea that we have to do a podcast. And that's what I wanted to tell you. We should do a podcast. Okay, bye. So I'm going to fire this up. So <laughs> Fire it up. Like, yeah, we're, we're, up. we're live, everybody. Okay, so um, welcome to Feature Creep. Colon. Built-in microwave. Semicolon. Yeah. Design volume two. All right. Great. So, um, <clears throat> so I'm Ned. That's Meg. We've got two guests today. We've got, uh, so one of my guests or our guests this mm-hmm. evening, um, needs no introduction. So he never gets one, Damon. And the other one, we can give a little bit of an introduction, but he probably doesn't deserve it either. Uh, Chris. Actually, Chris is a, um, Chris actually works in the design industry rather than just like complains about it like the rest of us. Um, I do that too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but you may have like merit, you know, in that regard. Whereas me, it's just a lot of complaining without anything to back that up. Yeah. So, um, uh, Chris, I, I mean, tell me a little bit, like, just give me the short, very brief, you know, what do you do? <laughs> what do you do as a grown up, as an adult? How do you, I'm, uh, do you even adult bro? Do I even adult bro? Sometimes. <laughs> um, when I'm adulting, uh, yeah. I'm a graphic designer for a design firm in San Diego. Okay. Cool. Um, we do design of what we call environmental or experiential graphic design, which is signage and, um, graphics that exist in the built environment. Uh-huh. Um, so some architecture in there, some interior design, but huh. lots of design. I mean, there's design all over it. Right. It's, it's like right in the title. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, a design yeah, it's all over it. Yeah. That's how you can tell because of the way it is. Right. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, anyway, so those are our guests and we'll be hearing. Well, you, did we wait. cover how you were a designer too? No, we didn't well, because you really weren't on the last one. I mean, so, uh, la- the last time we talked about this, we were, there was a g- actually a good quote. If you want to read that again, just to kind of like, oh, if you have it, shucks. let me look for where it is. Well, anyway, um, I mean the gist of it is, and when she has it, we'll read it. But the, um, the idea is like, we all contribute to design, like whatever you're doing, oh, anytime I, you're doing creation. So, so a, d- a designer is an agent that specifies the structural properties of a design object. That's a good one. I, it's a little self-referential, but that's dry. <laughs> well, this is a dry podcast. This is a serious podcast. This is no very joke. serious. Very yeah. serious. Very oh, dour. The only thing I don't know about serious. It's professional. That's the important thing, right? It's of like course. very polished. Production level is high. Right. Um, um, extremely high. Extremely yeah, high. You can tell because jokes are on point. Every <laughs> jokes are on point. Thank you. No horses are beaten to death. Well, well, no dead horses are extra beaten. Right. Some people love horses. And some people really love horses. Love uh, horses. Okay, so um, I don't I don't know where to start with this. So we're uh, so that, oh, so my point was that um, like I do software development. You're uh, Damon. You're kind of bridging the gap from like. Yeah, I don't even system administration. Like, I don't even do you, know what I do anymore. I would, I would say, like, well, yeah, okay. You, you are a both, true designer buddy. at that point. Then. Yeah, exactly. right. And that's why I build networks. Own, I yeah. build systems. I right. code stuff to automate those things. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of times, I, I, I think I apply blunt force to developers. <laughs> <laughs> Just needed more often than you would think. Um, 
Yeah, like I mean, I have a I have a rubber mallet that's like harder on one side and softer on the other, and that's like sort of my like you know depending on the day, like how you know I, one side or the other, which one do right. you want? But we're going to use one of these because we got to get this thing going. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the clue hammer. The clue hammer. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, where was I going with this? Oh, so um, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think that's part of the like one of the things we've been kind of discussing is it's like you know I think when a lot of people think of design like immediately they go to like graphic design I'm sure or well, like um, the visual Eames design chair. visual yeah the Eames yeah. chair it's sort of like the the visual aesthetic of things and um, you know fashion would obviously be and all of these things obviously have a huge bearing and I I mean I think people like have this misinterpretation that design is about how something looks yeah yep mm-hmm. um, because mm-hmm. like. Uh, Case in point, the Cybertruck. Sure. You just got to throw something super <laughs> controversial right in the... You just yeah. put that in the title. It's like clickbait now. So yeah. we should just... This will be our little like snippet that everybody hears in the commercials. Yep. Yeah. That we run all the time. That's how you found this podcast, right? Because yeah, of course, all, all the commercials. commercials. Yeah. We just... We're just in it for the buckets of money. Right. The buckets of money. Well, that's the whole thing, right? You can have as much money as you want, but you have to take it in the form of a bucket. Right. Yeah. I mean, you got to find it somewhere out there, and there must be buckets of money. It's not a pot of gold. I can carry a lot of buckets in that Cybertruck. (laughs) (laughs) The whole Cybertruck is a bucket. It's a bucket, really. Put your money in it. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, So. Uh, so you both design stuff. We all design stuff. I'm the one who has the least formal design chops of all of us, I think. I don't know. I mean, I would argue, I, I mean, I went to school for biochemistry and physics. Yeah. Where's the design in that? I mean, I'm not saying there isn't room for it. Well, you, I'm just you've worked know. as a designer professionally in that you've been. Oh, sure. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. I mean, I've spent mm-hmm. years and years. Like, I mean, I guess I've been doing this for 20 years. So yeah. my, my experience with doing user interface designs, because when you do everything in your own little shop. You have to do that and the back end and everything else. And mm-hmm. you know, it's, there's a market for that apparently. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, well, uh, actually, so I wanted to, Chris, you brought up, um, you were talking about a designer, um, who wrote that book, um, the design mm-hmm. of everyday things. Is that what it's called? Mm. Don Norman, Don Norman. Yeah. There yeah. was a particular, or it wasn't a quote, but you were saying, um, if you look at something and you don't immediately know what its use is for, then it's a bad design. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's, there's one good example that, uh, that he's often mentioned that, um, you know, doors where you come up to the, the door and you're not sure whether you should push it or pull it. Uh-huh. That's bad design. Right. Right. You, know, you should just inherently know how to use the door. Right. If it's well designed. Right. Um, uh-huh. and there's just, I mean, there's all kinds of examples all over the world about that right. kind of stuff, but. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think having, having spent a lot of time like agonizing over user designs for I, mostly to give like background, I mean, you guys know, cause I've talked to you a lot, but if anybody's like just listening, like I, but most of my work is sort of, um, like biofirm research, biotech research based like corporations where I'm writing like internal software for data management or research machines or like custom software and, for various like activities and data management stuff they're doing, whether it's accounting or it's all glorified accounting, let's be honest. Like that's right. basically all you do when you develop <laughs> software is you write accounting software just one more time. So, <laughs> one more time. Yeah. Um, it's like when you're a, 
It's like when you're in the like you're in the jewel thief business. Just this one last one, and then I'm out forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, <laughs> um, you know, and the thing about it too is, it's like you'd you'd think there'd be a lot more opportunity to reuse code, but it's weird how often there isn't. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's a separate issue. Um, I. Uh, you know, agonizing over user interfaces. And like, I, I had actually heard that before because I did read his book at one point, the um, design of everyday things, but that was mm -hmm. a while ago. Um, and I'd forgotten his name, but his, that concept I always thought is a great, like, it's sort of like the utopia. You're just like, well, we should be moving towards that. Right. Like you can't, that no one pays enough money for you to sit around long enough to find the good design for the thing, especially when it's like, there's, you know, user interfaces are, are tricky in the sense that it's like, okay, well, there's, you know, 50 features that need to be exposed to the user. And ideally, mm -hmm. they'd all be obvious, right? At no point does the user have to wonder how to do the thing that they need to be doing. And it's not, I, I also agree with it. Like oftentimes I'm writing software for a process, like a work process for say, like there's like 50 accountants or something and they all kind of have their account management thing that they do. And so they're all going to use the same interface and they do the same things every day. So they already know how to do their business. If I'm writing software that makes, that means now they have to go learn a new thing. I've failed. Mm -hmm. My software should just be obvious to them that it's a better step. like, Oh, this is better than what I already have in front of me. Like this combination of documents and paperwork and other things and copying from here and putting it over here. It's like, Oh, I already see how this is going to work for me. And that's in an ideal situation, but it's hard to get there. And it's also mm -hmm. hard to like have the time when you've got, you know, how do you design the thing that's obvious, like across cultures, you mm -hmm. know, those things where it's like, there's still some level of assumption. Mm hmm. Um, I think in the door example, like the thing I think about is like, how do you, you know, I agree with you, but at what point, like, should it be obvious to a dog that that's a door, <laughs> just a door at all? I mean, there's some assumption that you're at some level of understanding about the nature of the world. Like, oh, that's a human sized <laughs> rectangle. And I've seen those before. And the only thing missing is whether I push or pull and I can see that I push or I pull. So it is a better design, but I, you know, I digress. Like, I don't know what, I mean, what do you think about that? Like, how does that apply to your thinking when you're sitting there probably designing like a birthday cake or something? I'm just joking. <laughs> cakes. cakes. Your CV is full of cakes. <laughs> cakes all day long. That's why you get paid the big bucks. Right. No, but I think that's the, the thing, right? Like uh -huh. as, as a, professional designer working in the business, uh, you know, working for a business or for a company, like it always comes down to, to money. How, how quickly can you design this thing? And can you design it quickly enough that, uh, we can get it out the door and still make some, some money off of whatever, whatever we're doing. Mm -hmm. And, uh, oftentimes that means there's not enough time to put in the thought and research that it takes to design the perfect door. You know, so we, we design something and, and we get it out there because it's good enough. But yeah. maybe it's yeah. not good enough. I mean, about, I guess what I should say is that it could always be better. Yeah. So at one right. point, do you draw the line and say, yeah. Um, yeah, well, this is 
this is this will good have enough. to be what it is. Yeah, <laughs> you know, there's the deadline. We're, we're there. Yeah, so that's interesting. Like, if ninety percent is good enough, like, what does ninety percent look like in the construction industry, and what does ninety percent look like in sure? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, you well, see it everywhere. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, yeah. It's I mean, I think us, really. I think it's hard. I, it's easy on the face of it to draw the line and mm-hmm. be like, I mean, the software industry is like notoriously low in its sort of reliability, right? Like, it's mm-hmm. our tolerance for failure is like pretty high. Your expectation is like, oh, it's in, depending in on the industry. application. Yeah, depending on the application, but on a consumer you know, level, like your avionics software is not so much, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, but, um, but my point being is that, uh, or what you're saying is that, um, I think that, that the problem is, is that oftentimes, um, that's hidden from the sort of layman. Mm-hmm. Like having, I'm, you know, I remember when my grandparents were, uh, they had contracted and had a house sort of built behind the house that they lived in. So there were like kind of two on the lot so that we could all live in the property. And, um, it was like a condo and there was a moment the contractor had like built most of the framing and we were like up there looking at it. And I guess I don't, I think like my stepmom was like, Oh, there's like a central bathroom, like in the kind of the layout. Mm-hmm. And, um, and she's like, Oh, this is the bathroom. And she's like, where's the door? And they'd framed it up. There was no door in the frame. It was just like all framed up and there was no door, you know? So 90% in construction is often hidden by the, like, you know, it's like, you don't actually know what's behind the walls. Yeah. You know, supposedly, what is it? 14 inch studs or whatever the standard 16, 16 inch studs or whatever, you know, it's like, supposedly they're on 16 inches and you know, did they skimp on a couple in that wall? Cause it's not, well, a, that's what you have an inspector for. Yeah. I mean, exactly. Right. Yeah. And I'm, and, and so it's, it's still, you know, in any industry, it's like there's in, in the software industry, we don't really have inspectors, at least right. not in the, and so it, not something mm, formalized, not something formalized. And so there's, unless you get into those in software, it always seems like the, the phrase that always gets thrown out is, well, no one's life's depending on this. No one's going to die if we make sure. a mistake here. Right? right. It seems to define like, how much it's regulated. How much, well, no, how, not only how much it's regulated, but how much time and energy and money do we want to put into solving this problem mm-hmm. as, as well as we possibly can, right? You know, like if you're going to build software that drives the space shuttle, they're going to inspect it. They're going to go over yeah. and pour over every mm-hmm. line of that and they're going to test it to within an inch of its life. Right. Right. right? And they're going to mm-hmm. spend all the money and all the time they can doing that. And it's just like, that's really expensive and time consuming. So. Right. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, if it but fails, that always just seems to be the thing that gets thrown out. No one's going to die if we screw it up. Right? Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, when I'm, I'm, I'm a graphic designer. And so usually I'm just sort of making things, uh, for less of a better way of describing it, making things look pretty, which uh-huh. isn't going to hurt anyone's life right, or livelihood. Right. Um, but, uh, but for the things that are, I mean, there's, there's things in my job when I'm designing a structure that has to be out in public space and that has to be designed in a way that it doesn't fall over on somebody or, you know, collapse yeah. and, yeah. and kill someone so that or there are inspections for of, those kinds of things yeah. and certain way that the plans have to be drafted and checked by local authorities and things like that. So, um, but, but yeah. Um, so you have, you said you have, um, degrees in design mm-hmm. and which, what were your degrees? What, 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 what are, um, it's a, I've got a bachelor of arts 
graphic design, and then uh, master's, master of arts, master of fine arts, graphic design. The Yay, fan, that's the fancy day. one. It's fine. Yay. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Fine. Degree. That's a mostly fine. <laughs> that's <Yeah>. cool. <laughs> yeah, that's super awesome. Um, when did you do that? I, I mean, we haven't was, really been in, I mean, we haven't caught up on that kind of stuff. Yeah, that was, I mean, that was a chunk of, chunk of my life. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, we, so it was, uh, 2009 through 2011. Um, went to the Maryland Institute College of Art in Baltimore, uh-huh. Maryland, which is a whole nother experience. Um, Baltimore is an interesting city, uh, beautiful city, but also very, uh, dangerous city. Uh-huh. Um, so that was an interesting experience, but, um, but the whole, I mean, the, the school was amazing and the whole, uh, the whole educational, uh, program was incredible. And I learned a lot, um, learned a lot about myself as a designer and just, uh, how to, how to approach design and the world as, as something that can make people's lives better. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a really good experience. And, and I teach a class at the, design institute here in San Diego for, um, interior designers. And I teach them how to use SketchUp and Photoshop and the software programs and stuff. So it's, uh, which is how I roped you into this whole situation in the first place. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, Hey, can you, uh, can you help us with the logo? You know how to do Um, software things, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, actually, uh, if people are interested and they've been looking at our website, fcbm.io, which is probably the only way you're listening to this podcast currently, although hopefully we'll, uh, have it connected with iTunes. But, um, yeah, Chris, you, you basically like helped, helped me get that, that logo into this current state for better or for worse. Um, I specialize in creepy silhouettes. Yeah. 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 It's really, um, it's been really fun. Uh, I was actually, um, you know, one of the things I was thinking about doing is like taking, um, you know, you, you'd sent me that artboard from the, Oh, go ahead. No, oh. I was just moving the Wait microphone so that I didn't it's like, are we in a situation where we're raising hands? I don't know what's going on here. Um, ooh, ooh, anyway, ooh. make, 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 like, make Mr. Yeah. So, uh, what I was getting at was, you know, you'd sent me this when we were designing or when I was over at your house and you were, uh, helping me like kind of get work up the design or basically I was like, I was thinking this and you're like, what about this? And we kind of wor- had this like pretty fun workflow. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was thinking about taking all of those renditions that you did on the, you sent me the artboard for, um, Adobe, um, illustrator. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about maybe you would help me like cut out like a, um, evolution process. And so we could post them on the website and be like, it started here and this is where we ended Mm. up. Okay. Um, We'll have to throw your sketch in there as well. Absolutely. Yeah. We can be like, here's the, like, here's the, here's (laughs) Here's, the, here's the birth. Yeah. Not even the sketch, like not a good scan, but like the photo I sent you of me, like with my bare feet up on the (laughs) desk and like my trashy desk, like my desk, like a trash and I'm like, the lighting's low and I'm just like sitting there kind of half, half sketching in my notebook and I like snap a photo and I send it to Chris. And it's like, anyway, I'm thinking something like this and it's like, I'm later look at it and I'm like, oh man, my, like my feet are like the most important thing in this one. 
See, I'm wearing off on you. You are, yeah. Most of my photos involve taking a picture of something sitting right in front of me, and you can always see my feet. <laughs> right. I'm always standing up when I do it. Yeah, like Meg, you'll be like, oh, I've got this great idea. Hey, look at this thing I found or whatever. And yeah, there'll be a photo a lot. of whatever it is yeah. in your notebook on a yes. counter, and then somewhere down below, I can see her feet yeah. in the photo every time. <laughs> um, yeah. So. I took, I was taking a photo to send to you the other day to like, transmit some idea to you yeah and i realized that my feet weren't showing so i trashed it and i took another one with my feet in the, <laughs> yeah. the last time i did that you were like i practically didn't know who this came from because i couldn't yes. see your feet it's like a it's, like, it's a brand now like you, it is. Your it, it's almost it's like a it's like a um there's a term for this like proof of life yeah proof of life <laughs> but i was thinking more in terms of um it's like a gestalt do you guys know what that yeah, is? Yeah. It's like basically right. like the essence of a thing. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. And so how you recognize it is like the gestalt of it. And I'm like, well, I know this is a valid photo for Meg because it has her feet in it. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. You could just take a picture of feet next to a newspaper. And if I'm ever like a hostage. Yeah, exactly. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. She's, she's fine. She's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you mean when I take you hostage, how I tell her like, I'm sorry. <laughs> Please and no now you all know. Right. <laughs> It'll go worse for you than it'll go for me. Yeah, I'm pretty sure no one, no one will. Uh, anyone who knows you would know that. Would By the end be... of it, you'll be shushing me. <laughs> She's so loud. <laughs> Please just come get her. We've I don't even want her any for money. Three weeks right. to use her inside I'll pay you to voice. Take her um, she's criticized everything about the design of the room we're keeping her in. <laughs> Why did you make this decision? Why, Why would you do this to anyone? Why would you do this? Um, yeah. So, do you have it? Do you? Well, do, do you have any heroes? Like I was the last one of these that we did on design. I, I had thought, oh, we're going to need to actually talk about people who do design rather than just like <laughs> bitching about it. Right. But just we complain just kind about of, bad design. Complained about it for yeah. a little while. <laughs> right. Which is fine. So the yeah. first one started out as an opinion piece. Yes. And now we're talking to you two. And I wanted to talk about my design heroes, but we'll save that for a different one. I think so. Yeah. Do you have design heroes? Either of you. I wouldn't say I don't really. <laughs> you don't have like well you talk about all the people who like did all of the amazing things with computers early, early on. I don't know. Maybe not. So no, the answer is no. no. He doesn't have <laughs> any design heroes. No. Fuck your design heroes. Fuck your design heroes. Are there like how people about, that you respect? How about this? Yeah, Chris, what do you think? yeah. I mean, well, Don Norman, who wrote the book, yeah. uh, Design of Everyday Things. Um, I mean, he's local here. He's at UCSD in San Diego. Yeah, we should. Um, and I've hung out with him, actually. He's a really interesting dude. So, um, but yeah, yeah, just a, an amazing thinker of design and trying to figure out how design can be implemented in our lives in amazing ways. I mean, that's one guy I've always mm-hmm. looked up to. Um, we should totally try to get him on this podcast at some point. I, he'd probably be down for it. Yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> we gotta yeah. like work up our work up our audience from one. Like, if we double our audience from one to two, yeah, yeah. and we can go yeah. plural and go to audience, then <sighs> maybe can you imagine? <laughs> on our timeline, it's gonna have to have just an S. Uh huh. <laughs> oh no, because it's not audience. No. I mean, it's an N C E N C E or a C E N C E. What N C E? Audience. C-E. Yeah. C-E. 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 Yeah. 
Whatever. This, <laughs> this is the important. Speaking of design, this is how you get an audience. You know, yeah. you realize we're losing, we're losing our uh, our guests here. Right. And so you guys are done. Thank you so much for coming. <laughs> now we're going to argue about why. Yeah. We're going to use TS on the end of audience instead of MCE. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's cool. I how about um I was trying to think of like things that particularly like strike me. Um, from a design point of view, um, whether it's like an object or like a process or, um, you know, I don't know. Uh, I, I mean, I'm trying to think, so there's like a few pieces of software. Like when I think about design, like one thing that I appreciate more and more as I get older, um, or as I work more and advance in my career, whatever the fuck in my profession is, as I get, as I get progressively, as I learn more and more how little I know about my profession as time goes on, um, you know, other people might think of it as like you grow and learn more things. And I just learn more about the things I don't like. I just learn how much more there is not to know. Um, <laughs> and, uh, I feel like I'm butchering that, but my point being <laughs> is right. that, um, I like Linux has always impressed me as being something very good at what it does. Um, mm -hmm. a lot of the design process around that has been pretty interesting. I mean, there are plenty of things to criticize, but, um, one thing that always stuck with me is like the philosophy of, um, it should do one thing and one thing. Well, right. It's not a goddamn toaster that's hooked up to the internet. And also you can watch TV on, right. It's mm -hmm. literally just a toaster. That's why Emacs is crap. Yes. I mean, this is the argument, like the age old Linux argument of obvious. Well, Unix like, argument. Unix argument is the sort of Emacs versus Vim, which is, uh, uh, text editors. I, yeah, yeah, text editors. Dan and I know this well. We've talked a little bit to make it. Do you, are you at all familiar, Chris, with this idea, this problem? Do you, okay, so these are two programs <laughs> that are, um, traditionally like can't command line text editors, yeah. right? Like, I mean, these mm. are not like graphic interfaces at all. Um, and they are, uh, text editors that, are um, diametrically opposed in philosophy. <laughs> yeah. So Emacs is Emacs is like an everything. It's like everything people describe Max. it as like a Swiss army, a Swiss army knife, right? Yeah. Like it's got, you can do email with it. I mean, I don't know if you still can, but there was a time when it was, I mean, I assume you still can, but oh, it yeah. basically has like email client functionality. It's browsers. Got browsers and it's like its own operating system ecosystem yeah. thing going mm -hmm. on. Um, whereas Vim or at least or VI, VI originally was, um, I don't actually know what VI stands for, or if it had any visual visual, right? It's a visual editor. So visual VI editor. originally before VI, there was EX. Yeah. And EX was a line editor. So you could only see and edit one line of text at a time. And so you could move up and down and Bill Joy, uh, of BSD fame wrote VI and said, and basically took the, yeah. the, uh, concept of EX and ex because it's still EX underneath VI. Right. Except now you can see multiple lines, a whole page of lines at a right, time right. and be able to move around and edit. And it, it, you never have to touch a mouse. Yeah. I mean, it's, editor. it's, and so it's a, I mean, I use it all the time and it's one, it's thing on that, every single Unix system. Out yeah. Um, and so VI or, and Vim is VI improved. Right. Um, which, uh, it's a plugin system and uh, you can make it do all what many people could argue it's basically heresy in the sense that it's like you've you've moved too close to emacs which is now you do too many things um but that's a right. I, I think it's fine it's got a lot of niceties and it makes life easy and it's really easy to edit text with it and once you're like a little proficient it's like you fly around documents and yeah. do cool shit mm -hmm. um but 
from a design point of view, um, that philosophy of do one thing well and don't try to do mm -hmm. anything else. Like, be real narrow mm -hmm. in scope. Like, this is the problem we're trying to solve. This is how we're going to solve it. Right. We're not also going to um, starve world or solve world hunger or world peace right. or any of the other issues yeah. or tell people how to govern or think we just do this one thing. Mm -hmm. um, and I've always really kind of appreciated that. Um, but I mean, also, I would argue, you know, the thing about Linux though is it's like you don't. <laughs> Man, when you when you first boot up a Linux box and there's a command prompt and that's all you've got, there's not a lot of like if I can see this, I already know what it does. Right. Um, so you yeah. already kind of have to know where you're going. Yeah, you already kind of mm -hmm. have to know where you're going well mm -hmm. before you arrive at that. Um, so, but again, it's not it's designed for. Yeah, I mean, it's computer scientists. Audience. Its target audience is uh, yeah. like you know most people once they're a little familiar with it, it's like I'd rather look at that than a desktop most days. Oh yeah, I mean most mm -hmm. of the time I spend staring at a command. Well, I'm not staring at a command prompt, but it, I'm not looking at graphical user interfaces. Like I spend very little time touching a mouse if I can avoid it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so um, mm -hmm. you know most of the time it's just hotkeys and and typing and getting code to run and do all of that stuff. Um, but. I, I was just thinking of things. So, I mean, what do you guys, like, can you guys think, of, like, is there other stuff? I'm going to just throw them out on the pot. That's my contribution mm -hmm. to this nice. conversation. Good job. Everybody cheer me. Great job. <laughs> Woo! You're doing great. Good job. 100%. 100%. <laughs> I've got a coffee maker that we just bought. Ooh, I like coffee. Um, anxiety that, uh, we've always had Prepare coffee makers with, like, the other features on it, right? Like a timer oh, sure. and uh, different modes for like setting the strength of the coffee that you get. And there's a uh -huh. clock on it and uh, it whistles and beeps at you and all this sort of shit. But so we bought this new one that um, it's a Bona Vita and um, it just does one thing and it has one button on it yeah. and it's on uh -huh. or off and it makes the best coffee I've ever had. Right. And I just feel like, that is just the most beautiful thing. Like it's just a coffee maker that makes coffee when you push the button. But how do what you, more do you need? <laughs> how do you like? I mean, it's where beautiful. are your it's choices? Beautiful. Like, how do you survive not having to make a choice about that? I mean, you only have the one choice. Like, how do you accumulate like decision fatigue quickly in your life if you've min minimized the number of choices you have to make in the morning? Uh, right. You mm -hmm. know you're being productive when you have decision fatigue. Right. <laughs> if, it's, if I don't have decision fatigue by like ten thirty in the morning, I have not had a productive. Day. You are not running into enough problems. <laughs> right. right, exactly. right. <laughs> how do you fill, fill your problem quota? Or qu I go. Quota. I go to work. Quota. 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 I think it's like yeah. I think quotia, it's like quotia, quotia. choosing where you where you spend all of your yeah your, I mean your, right like your, your, your energy just, yeah I guess yeah right. I'd rather enjoy my coffee than spend my energy trying to make it so <laughs> right yeah. yeah no I, I can yeah I can relate to that but yeah we one of my biggest complaints is decision fatigue over things that are disguised to look like choices but in fact are not at right. all. Oh, there, there are no choices. No choices. Right, there right. are no choices. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, there are choices, but for a lot of the time, you're not actually choosing anything. Right. Right. Um, I I have to yeah. say that I would probably be equally seduced by the coffee maker that made exceptional coffee with just one button. Like, oh, thank God. Everything else yeah, may be a, a flaming pile of shit. <laughs> right, right. This <laughs> button right here just does the thing it's supposed to do with high Get reliability. Get through the day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like that. That's very soothing. Well, I think that's the thing with the with the coffee makers that have all the extra buttons. I mean, there's decision fatigue just trying to figure out which button to push. And it's, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
it's just, I don't know. It's too much. And you find the one thing it. that, oh, now, okay, I know how to make it make the coffee I want. And that's all I'm ever going to have it do. Right. Right. It's so yeah. much ne- nicer for so- for someone to say, no, just push the button. Yeah. Coffee will happen. Yeah. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've talked about this um, on our podcast before, but I do want to bring it up because I think it's relevant both to this conversation and also like, so my grandfather had this workflow, he had, had this coffee process, right? So his design and his life around how he consumed coffee right. was that he had, um, he had a classic 12 cup home drip, you know, like the old, like, you know, Mr. Coffee Mr. or, um, um, yeah. you know, something like that giant coffee can man. of pre-ground Colombian coffee, the brand or what, you know, whatever the mm. Folgers, Folgers. Yeah, yeah. you know, or whatever. Like, so I think it was mostly Folgers, but it was probably flavor st- crystals, man. But when you said that, all I could think of was the name of the, the yeah. coffee from Metal Lock Labs. <laughs> they do the jingle for the Colombian coffee company. Anyway, yeah, that, oh man, that was a whole other, okay, so anyway, so my grandfather had this, um, this, uh, work, this process around his kids. So he would make 12 cups of coffee in the drip coffee maker at night before bed. And he would go to bed and he would get up in the morning and he would take the cold coffee out of the pot, pour it into his favorite mug, you know, like fill it up with like a quarter inch from the rim or whatever, cause he had it black. And um, he put the coffee, I think then he put the coffee in the fridge. I think he just left it out. Um, I'm not sure. But anyway, he had 12 cups of coffee. So he would take that cup of coffee now and he would stick it in the microwave. And he'd punch in, I think it was about 46 seconds. I assume you remember watching. He'd punch in 46 seconds, just which right. I asked him about. And he said, it's both the right temperature. And also, because the carousel inside moves around, it means that when he puts the handle in, it's still pointing out at him when he's done. <laughs> Which doing, you know, there's things on the, like, again, this is a device that has hundreds of buttons. It was my grandmother, you know, she was a, um, she was like a a housewife of the like fifties and sixties. And so like entertaining and like having, having a microwave, like, you know, she was someone who probably cooked a whole turkey in a microwave because that was a thing you could do. And they made microwaves that big and they had turkey probes and all this stuff. I mean, I remember talking about like, she knew how to work a microwave the way no one of this generation would ever consider a reasonable thing to know. That lady um, knew her way around a microwave. Yeah. And so this microwave was like Cadillac level from like probably the late nineties or like late eighties before they started getting small and they only cooked hot pockets anymore. Um, right. So it was massive. It had a bunch of buttons and a carousel and it had, you know, one of the, like there were a bunch of buttons like push here if you want 50 seconds or, uh, you know, 10 minutes on the clock or whatever that like minute plus button. That's like both starts it and makes it go, which is what I would do every day. Cause I'm like, I want a one minute of microwave action on this thing and I'm out. <laughs> um, and I, you know, but my grandfather had his whole process and it's like, it's funny to me because it, he was, I think he just kind of would be super pleased to have a coffee maker that just push a button and done. Like just have it done. Yeah. 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 But. Uh, but he also, I mean, he drank 12 cups of coffee th- a day or more because he made that pot of coffee the night before so that he oh. had his first hot cup of coffee in, in 43 seconds or whatever it was from when he got <laughs> up. And then he continued to proceed to chain drink coffee like you do cigarettes, uh, you know, like you're chain smoking cigarettes. Like he's just, you know, as one cup is almost done, you just top it up, put it in, get another one. And, I mean, the man was like highly caffeinated. Um, <laughs> Like, you know, dangerous levels of, like, you know, I think at some point... Like, past the point where I'm like, I am sure it's cancer. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, he would have just been like, he'd be like, it's not cancer. You just drink drink another cup of coffee. You'll be fine. Fine. Feel, you'll feel better. So you just haven't had enough. You stave off panic attacks with coffee like people who are addicted to alcohol do with like one more beer. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Just to <laughs> kind of have the, the, the shakes come down a little bit right. and they can, yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, I was just, I. That's funny. Yeah, it is funny. But it does make me, I, I think that's the thing that people forget is it's like you have the ability to design things in your life. Like you don't have to just unexamined, like leave it to nothing and just be like, I don't know. That's what I've always done. Like you can think yeah. about it and be like, oh, maybe my, you know. So many well, things that people end up with are super, <laughs> superfluous. Yeah. Um, which also makes me think like, my God, we're agonizing over all of these choices that not only are not actually real choices between one thing and a thing that is different from the first thing, but it's all, it's all over shit that is ultimately not really serving anybody. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, it's most of it's stuff that you could survive without. Right. I also want to like, and then a lot of it is stuff that if you couldn't get a better version of it, you could totally live without it and just wait for a, Good, right. A well-designed item to come along right. instead of buying the like, well, this was the only one in Walmart at nine o'clock on a Sunday. <laughs> right, right, yeah. I guess it's going to have to be this one because <laughs> we can't leave without anything. we got to buy something. The, it's funny, actually. The thing about that is like I used to have a toaster oven um, many, many years ago, and I, I caught it on fire because we were making, um, I think we were like toasting taco shells or something which is not something we don't usually have like hot like hard taco shells usually we just have you know normal tortilla wraps like normal tacos Mm -hmm. but um but the tacos i didn't realize like there was enough oil in in the tacos or whatever that they or that they've been fried and so they like burst into flame Um, (laughs) nice and so so that was the end. So I took, you know, and I see the toaster with the flame shooting out and I unplug it and carry it outside and dump water on it. And this was in New Jersey many, many, many years ago. And, um, and so then I think we were going to move shortly after that. So rather than like go invest in another toaster oven, we had like a cup, like a month or two left. And we like, I went and bought like the, I was like, I'm just going to go get a toaster and we'll just deal with it. And I bought like, you know, the cheapest toaster at the drugstore down the way or something, you know, and, um, and it's, and it's still in your kitchen. It's still, I still have it. And it's is that like, that one? Yes. That's the one. No way. It's, I mean, the funny thing about it is like, when I think about it from the point of view of like, do one thing well, mm-hmm. I know how to work that toaster. There's a dial on it and it's like, it doesn't, you know, you don't look at the dial and you're like, oh, I want my toast this color and I'll set the number. No, it's just, you know, it's a timer and how long it's going to go roughly. Right. And mm-hmm. you just learn how your toaster works. And there's only two things. There's a dial and a, and a slider. a slider bar to like mm-hmm. start the whole process. Yeah. Right. And so as much as I hate that toaster and complain about it, it it's pretty fucking efficient. <laughs> it's like one of the things that's like stuck around in my life, right? Like that I think of as like, well, that, that I've carried that through that's my adulthood and I use it like all the time. That's great. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, I had a really cheap toaster oven. Yeah. That was so great. And I set like a Fiesta Ware platter on top of it, and it was inexpensive. And the housing around the oven part, like the exterior part, uh-huh. kind of like pop and like thunked in a little bit, you know. Uh-huh. And that was just enough to like bring the edge of the platter like down onto the vertical glass door, and it just shattered. Oh. I was like, Ew! 
I think I paid like fifteen dollars for that toaster oven, and uh-huh. they had it for like twenty years. And it just worked and worked and worked, and it was all fine. And then one day, you, yeah, like, you and ruined it. Was compact, it. and I ruined oh, it with, it's nice. with Christina's platter. I can't remember what was on the platter either. Anyway, it yeah. sucked because I've never found as good a toaster oven anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And they've gotten much larger for some reason. Like, accommodates a whole pizza. And I'm like, I already have an <laughs> oven for that. Right. <laughs> I wouldn't buy buying a toaster oven. <laughs> yeah. Or like toaster ovens like that do multiple things. No. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. I just, yeah. I'm, I'm really looking forward to the Internet of Things because I'm looking forward to everything being connected. I Like, I'd really <laughs> like my table to be connected to the Internet so that when I'm away from the house, I can check on it and know that it's still in the same place. Or sure whatever. All the things are still on it that sure, were Sure, yeah. And yeah. I mean, I'm right. sure someone's, like, sitting there being, like, listening to this podcast while they're literally making a table prototype Internet connected situation <laughs> in their living room or wherever the fuck their workshop is. And they're rolling their eyes pretty hard because they're like, I'll show you this is going to be an amazing idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hope that that person like, they'll probably IPO become like, a billionaire. You, right. uh-huh. you and your disparaging <laughs> remarks about the internet of things on tables. <laughs> yes, right. I have a chip on my shoulder. Look at it. <laughs> it's in the shape of a table. <laughs> uh, I don't like the internet of things. I'm not a fan. It's I, you know, I don't know what to say about that. I'm a fan That's of scary. like I'm a I fan can't. of like what like anything that promotes people being in in ingenious and in, ingenuitive. What's that in, word? In, ingenious, ingenious, or in, intuitive, ingenuity, ingenuity. inventive. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm a fan <laughs> of things that like say, hey, go be, go do creations and make things. Um, right. And I think that a lot of the buzz, like the buzz that I see around the Internet of Things is like, hey, you too can write code in a microcontroller and do fun things at home on your desktop or yeah. on your desk. Like that, like mm-hmm. I look, Damon's like has a heavy sigh over here. Like I feel like <laughs> I, I do want to hear what you have to say because I'm sure I'm missing some obvious points here. Um Please tell me. <laughs> it's all it, fine. People, it's not. A, it's not enough, right? I mean, it's not good enough. That doesn't oh. justify the nightmare that is coming. Yeah, the nightmare. <laughs> yeah. the nightmare that is the internet. The nightmare of things. Right, right. Yeah, the nightmare of things. Right. I'm like over here being like, if you look at it this way, like that's a beautiful shade of purple. You're like, yeah, that's the horror color shade blowing out. Look over there. There's an old world horror right there going on. Okay, yeah. But if you look at it like this, you don't see the nasty teeth they're going to suck us into everlasting doom and hell. It's just a beautiful shade of purple. (laughs) With a little bit of black. I know those like wiggly things, they don't look like magnets if you don't look right at it. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. um, Where did we just go? (laughs) Into my little little dream about uh, nothing? Little cul-de-sac. Into a little cul-de-sac in Ned's head. (laughs) Yeah. You guys know what I mean when we talk about like the, a horror. It's yeah. like you don't ever get to see it. It's like in right. a movie. It's just right. like there like was some Evil Dead. Yeah, like Evil Dead. Yeah, yeah. It never just, get to it see just it. Makes the weird sound. Right. It just yeah. makes the weird sound. <laughs> yeah. It follows exactly. you around. Yeah. But yes, yeah. definitely. Mm-hmm. Like the Internet of Things. Oh God. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> now I swear. There's too many things connected to the internet. Right. <laughs> yeah. There's or not enough. We should just all move into the internet. I, I mean, come on. Like, I mean, it, are I we all just like slowly sink it from our point Back in my day, there I, were only 20 computers on the internet. 
And oh, yeah, we were happy to have it. I think the thing oh. is, is that we, we have to try it. Like, everybody has to try it out in order to realize how horrible it is. Otherwise, right. everyone's going to be just like, well, maybe it could have been cool. I don't know. Uh huh. Yeah. So, like, we have to go through the horror in I, order to understand that I how horrible it is. I, got over it really <laughs> I thought it was pretty interesting that the FBI has recently come out and said that they recommend putting all of your Internet of Things devices on their own separate network on your home network. Uh-huh. And I think that's a great idea. Yeah. No one has any idea what that means. They're like, what? How, what yeah. do you mean? Right. What, what's what do you network? mean network? What does that mean? Right. You mean on the internet? A network you mean, in my network? You I, mean when my I Wi-Fi? click on the, that thing that's the blue E on the, on right. the screen, that's mm-hmm. the internet. No one's right? going to do that. I will do that. This sure. The- but I don't have internet of things because I know not to have that. Yeah. <laughs> I can hear my dad trying to call us right now to ask us what the access code to his phone is so he could figure out what the it's, internet of things is like the cla- does anybody remember the clapper oh yeah, God, yeah. yes yeah so my my dad installed one of those in uh, for my little brothers because in, the, in their bad bathroom because they couldn't reach the light switch so they could come in and clap and turn on the light yeah. and go to the bathroom or whatever and clap and clap and turn it off brilliant and my grandparents had come and my grandfather, one where gets up, and goes in the bathroom and claps, no light, and just sits, clap, clap, clap. It's applauding. The power was out. <laughs> <laughs> right? And it's like, you know, uh-huh. that the clapper has failure modes, right? That, uh-huh. you know, are just like, yeah, they, when we start connecting everything to each other, like the failure modes are just going to go yeah. through oh, yeah. the roof yep. on that. I mean, most people have a hard enough time just getting their computers to turn on. I mean... Yeah. Imagine yeah. like if, if your refrigerator is a computer and your yeah. phone, our phones are already computers, yeah. but like, you know, yeah. like your table is a, a great, computer, a great day to be an IT professional Ugh. job security forever. But. Uh, it's the worst <laughs> kind of job security. Yeah. No, it's not. It's not great. But yeah, yeah. understood. Like I, yeah. 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 Maybe all the millennials will. I mean, they, they know what to do with these things. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> it's not like... Uh, no, they don't. <laughs> I mean... They're dumb no. enough to pay $1,000 for no, an Apple for iPhone. Yeah. Well, I, it's it's amazing to me how many times a parent will say, Oh, my kid is so good with, with technology and computers. And you hand them something that's broken and see if they can fix it. And they, What? No. What it boils down to is, yeah, your kid knows how to use the interface that was designed to be easy to use and intuitive to use, and you can't even use that. Right, right. (laughs) And you're impressed when they can make an interface work that, like, they they don't know, it's like the, like, it's so, it's the the number of people who actually know how things work underneath is a smaller and smaller number of people relative to the whole. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. why I need to learn these things. I mean, not because of some like grandiose desire to help humanity and ensure the continuation of knowledge, but it just stokes my like elitism a little bit. And I'm like, Oh, I want to know things that nobody else knows. Sure. <laughs> we all want to be in the secret club. Sure. Yeah, I do. I mean, club. it is a kind of a funny secret club because it's not actually like, it's not. It didn't start out as a secret club, and it's also not really a secret club so much as it's like it's fine if you're willing to climb up that knowledge wall over right. there. Like then you'll be at the top. Right. It's there. I mean that is the nice thing about the internet. Although I would argue that um, 
you, Meg, like you don't have this problem and why you're thinking, oh, I need to know this is because you already know a good portion of it. Yeah. Part of it is like not knowing that that's there, that there's a, that it's, it's knowable to know how things work beyond what you see. And then Mm -hmm. the other thing is that also if you're so, if you're so removed that that interface is foreign to you and you can't really call up, like you don't know that you can even call, you don't understand that you can navigate the system and have it teach you how to use it. Right. Right. Um, and I don't mean like a particular system. I just mean like the internet. Like if you know enough to start on the internet where you're like, Oh, I can start making queries about how to be better at this thing I'm trying to do, which is to like learn how to navigate the system. If you don't even know that it's daunting, right? Like it's not, like, you don't even know that you don't, you're just like, I don't understand. Like, someone tells me I have to hold this phone in my hand and do this thing. And it's, it's foreign to me because I'm not even sure I'm motivated to do the thing other than I'm trying to make a phone call that 10 years ago, I just had nine buttons or 10 buttons to choose from. Right. And mm-hmm. I'm not arguing against mm-hmm. what you're saying. I'm just saying it. I think from your perspective, I yeah. worry that it's like, that's, that's part of the disparity of what we're already dealing with. You know, you just keep getting these levels and levels where it's like those of us who had opportunity and access to education and information and those of us who didn't Mm -hmm. and those of us who didn't, you know, it's all fine and good to point to like, you can point to thousands and thousands of people. It's like, well, I came from that and I was fine. I figured it out. Like, yeah, but. Yeah, but I wanted to learn how to play mm-hmm. video games. And you had to yes, work at exactly. it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Don't have to work at it anymore. Right. If right. I went for video games, I wouldn't know anything about computers. I mean, that's how yeah. I got it. I mean, let's Same. be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Probably wouldn't know how to type half as well as if I hadn't been, you know, I was like, I want to play these games. And when I was learning, you know, when I was trying to play games on my computer, stuck at the command prompt. Like, my dad was the first one to show me. He's like, well, this is how you get a program to run. When it was, like, it wasn't two buttons. It was like... Does in the program. He's name. like, well, first, let me show you how you can determine whether this program might even run on your computer. Right. Here's how you can get the cryptic error messages that are coming from this program because it didn't run. Mm-hmm. Here's how you might find a way to load these drivers or that. And, you know, and it's amazing that like video games thrived at all in that era on PC. Yeah. 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 Like in DOS days. Oh, yeah. Well, there was no other way. I mean, no, there was, was no other was way. The but only. It, the only thing we knew. Yeah. Yeah. But it's nuts. Yeah. <laughs> Thinking back on it now. Right. Yeah. It seems ridiculous. I, well, at some point, I people drove Model Ts where you had to get out and crank a handle in the front sure. of it to yeah. get it to go. And it's like, right. well, yeah, because that's the only way. How did that ever become popular? Right. <laughs> it was the only thing. It's the yeah. only thing around. Yeah. It's the only way to do it. Yeah. There were only yeah. stick shifts. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you learned how to drive a stick shift. <laughs> I was like a way earlier adopter of Alexa than most people. Uh huh. Um, because I didn't have like a smartphone. I resisted having a smartphone for a really long time. I was like, well, it would kind of be handy to have an Alexa because my house is all kind of right in the same space. So you can just yell at her from anywhere in the house uh-huh. and she hears you. And I was like, it would be kind of cool to like just schedule things or like set reminders or whatever and just be able to yell downstairs. But Right around the time that everybody else was like, what's this Alexa thing? I was like, nope, this is going in a box. We're never using it again. (laughs) (laughs) Spying. It does creep me out. I I brought it with, but we were both just like, we're not not really going to use that. I I had a similar kind of experience, at least once I had acquired one. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, I so a friend of mine gifted me one, and I was like, oh, this might be fun to play around. And I played around with it for a little bit. Um, 
And to be honest, like, setting aside all of the nightmare of basically, you know, obviously having, you know, audio snooping in your private space, um, which we all do because we have cell phones and it's already been shown and it's gross, but um, moving on. The besides doing that, uh, I, I like it didn't do any of the things. There was no way for it to get get it to do the things that I actually wanted to do. Like, Such as. so the most obvious thing to me was that I would like to be able to. I would like it to take dictation. I'd like to be like, yes. hey, mm. I'd like to write a memo right now. Mm-hmm. And so I looked at there were all these apps and there were and I looked at like and then I was like, well, none of these apps do what I want. No problem. Like, here's the old API for developing on it. I'm like, I'm just going to do this. And it doesn't actually have the ability to do that. There's there's no their their voice interaction is super gimmicky. It's like yes. mm-hmm. it it seems fascinating because it's able to correctly identify your words, which is amazing. But the engine right. running it is no better than like one of the worst chat bots that like, it's not even a like particularly advanced chat bot level of like, mm-hmm. um, and so the most entertaining thing I found to do with it was like, I, I found this app where you could be like, Hey Alexa, pull my finger. <laughs> And then she'd do a, a oh random God. fart noise. And it's like, it was fucking great. I will say, like, that was about the most, like, none of the other stuff really appealed to me. I'm like, I don't want yeah. to, like, ham-fistedly, like, have it turn lights on and off or any of that other shit. Like, I, yeah. you know, I live a pretty simple life. Like, it's not, it's not that big of a deal that I don't have to get off the couch. I already don't right. have to get off the couch. Like, <laughs> I feel I mean? like, like it, it's like it, it, it is super gimmicky and I often feel like yeah. they put it out on the market as just a way to gather data it, of people, yeah, sure. people and their commands and what they want. And all yeah, I mean, I, it has no other purpose, but just to gather right. data. Right. Well, make it easier to order <laughs> more stuff from Amazon. Right, yeah, which but, is also data collection. But I didn't you know, I mean, find that was what, what are you ordering? related to my process of buying things on Amazon anyway. Because I never use Alexa well, to buy. Not only are they making money on your data, but they're also making money because you're buying stuff from them. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like it's yeah. they're making money yeah. both ways. It's brilliant. And, <laughs> I mean, but setting that aside, it was like it. It just presented a barrier to me doing like existing the way that I would was already existing. Like right. I'm not it. It was like a thorn in my side, right? It's like, oh. It's like having to learn a completely awkward new way of turning on your lights. Yeah, because it's, <laughs> it gives that illusion of being able to have natural conversation with it. But it's like, if it, if that were going to be anything that I actually want to do, I'm going to be more frustrated. If it gets it wrong one out of a hundred times, I'm going to be right. like, this is not worth it because I could have right. pushed the button five feet away to have the light go off rather than deal with the fact that yeah. now my bathroom light is on or whatever, you know, <laughs> it's just sort of, yeah, or she's is- telling me a joke. Yeah, or now she's making a fart noise again. I (laughs) swear to God, I uninstalled that app last week. (laughs) I can't get Alexa to stop farting. I am tired of Alexa's gas problems. Yes. Um, I totally forget what I was going to say. Okay. Well, I was going to say, have you seen the candle? No. Smartphone. (laughs) It's a totally open source. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Alexa, essentially. Yeah. And you can build all your own devices and it doesn't spy on you. It's all local voice control. It doesn't go to the cloud to like oh, okay. yeah. anything like that. And you, and the Alexa is actually like a little electronic candle. Oh, that's like cute. You just take an electronic candle and you put like a raspberry pie in it. With, oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. And, I love this. And, and, and so then you, so now you've got your Alexa that can do your stuff and, but it's not going this to report back to right, right. Big Brother what and you're doing. I, I, but now yeah. instead of, 
and you know, instead of just pushing that button five feet away, you can spend weeks yeah. collecting hardware uh-huh. and putting stuff together and troubleshooting how to build your own yep. instead of hitting the button. Just to try your right, right. <laughs> I love how like the candle is like one of those little battery operated flicker candles uh-huh. that people use in like their home decor, which are actually pretty cool because you can't burn your house down. That's right. always a bonus. Yeah. Points. Yeah. We we bought a box of those candles recently, the flameless candles, and yeah. it came with a remote control. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you yes. could turn on and turn off the candles yep. with the right. remote control. Yeah, if you imagine like setting like side by side comparison, this adorable little like happy candle next to the Alexa tower that looks just like an evil robot at that point. Uh-huh. <laughs> like yeah. whack and yeah. like yeah. no has, <laughs> has some creepy lighting to it's it occasionally if you're actually interacting with it. It's like yeah. <laughs> turns purple and black things come out of it. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. So I, I am, um, you know, after I had that set up for about a week and a half, I was like, this is, I'm never, I'm never going to use this for any, like the one, th- like the few things that seem obvious to me as like a very useful thing. Yeah. Like just being able to be like, Hey, I, I want to get this reminder. Like, you know, and, and the problem is like, someone's gonna be like, Oh, you could take memos. You can leave reminders for yourself. I'm not talking about a sentence or two. I'm right. talking about saying, I'm going to now talk for a while. And I mm-hmm. want you to record all of this. Right. Mm-hmm. For me, not for other people mm-hmm. that I know you're doing it for. Yeah, you want right. to, be able right. to like, keep yeah. working with your hands while somebody's taking notes for you. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Right. And, you want to stand like, Yeah. I love the idea right. of a, that kind of thing. I just don't want to give up what I have to give up to well, make Alexa do it for me. It. Yeah, and but I'm also not um I'm not advocating for that part. I'm just talking about the print, like before even thinking about the horror of what it is to basically agree to have your entire life recorded auditorily and sent off to a third party corporation. Yeah. Um, it's one of those things that we always thought would be so cool when we saw it on Star Trek and yes. no one ever really thought through the implications of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's one thing to tell Scotty to beam you up. It's right. another thing to. Yeah. Computer, always, I just always think of, you know, <laughs> when they go back in time to save the whales, and he's like, computer, and they're like, yeah. oh, use the, the mouse. On the, on the Mac, Mac, and he picks up the, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, what, I, I should know the version of that Mac, not because I was a big Mac fan, but it just seems like computer history. It was like a... It was like one of the first... first Macintosh. Yeah, it was like yeah. the first Mac. Yeah. Um, before they had versions. Yeah. yeah. Well, 2E yeah. was the... So I had that's Apple IIe. Those were mm-hmm. pre Mac. Those were yeah. the Apple, right? Like, right. and then, then they ran the first basic. Macintosh mm-hmm. was like um, 85, 85, and it was the like integrated box with the little disk drive right. in the front, yeah, yeah. yeah. right, yeah. Um, yeah, and a little funky mouse and a little keyboard. Yeah, I love yeah. those. They were pretty cute. Yeah, yeah. I, I never had one, but I spent I've used yeah. them. I've used them a few times. Um, yeah, we had a I had an Apple IIe, and I think we had two PCs like. Tandies or something, or I don't know. I don't know. I think they were IBM PCs at the time, which yeah. is like those were the. My dad had I brought them home from work, I think, because that's he worked on a lot of software stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, um, we had we had some like computers that my dad got. I uh, think we had an IBM, and yeah. prior to the IBM, we had an Apple Two GS. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That was like yeah. the last best. Apple of the Apple II line, I think. Yeah, that was a really, mm. f- that was a fancy one, right? Yeah. yeah. We love to play Oregon Trail. Oh, oh yeah. And yeah. They, it also came with a mouse, and so they had a little program where you could learn to use the mouse. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> and you had to, like, 
click and drag a car down a road and then it would like encounter a swarm of bugs and so then it would take you to another screen where it was like you had to click on the mosquitoes to like kill the mosquitoes you could like drag your car down the road some more Uh um and we played oregon trail a lot which of course did not require the use of a mouse Mm -hmm. no but uh my friend aaron and i were always thankful when one of the kids or several of the kids died off or like fell out of the wagon when you were boarding (laughs) river because it was one less person to take care of <laughs> Solve that problem. Brutal. Yeah. Like, let's hope we lose a few of the a few of the kids so <laughs> yeah. we don't have to feed as many mouths before we get to work. Yeah. Yeah. We can or, make more when we get there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the little ones because they don't do anything. I also remember, you know how there were different levels of gameplay where you could take the easy route or the hard route? Uh We tried the hard route, and we were like, why would anybody be dumb enough to do this? And then we just played on the easy game the whole time. Challenge, right? God. (laughs) Who wants the challenge? (laughs) But isn't that, like, very context-sensitive, right? It's like, in that frame of mind, you're like, I don't understand why someone would make it more difficult. Yeah. And then, but then you're like, because that's the fun of it. (laughs) Like, you know, you might argue it's like, but I also get when you're that young, like, there's also just like, like cheat codes to like race to the end is like super exciting. Yeah. You feel like you got away with something because sometimes it's like games really back then, sometimes they were literally a chore. You're like, Sure. It's just so novel yeah. that people that it's still fascinating, but the reality is like this is fucking a slog. Like I, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I it's boring to down, die all down the time. left, right, left, right. Yeah, and it's like, yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. if you can get an edge, you get an edge. Like it's yeah. yeah anyway, I, which makes me think about that. Back to the design thing. It's like, <laughs> is that a bad design? Like you know what I mean? Like the idea. I mean. And video games are something I'm really interested in because I'm working on a couple of them and I, um, you know, I've read a lot about the design of games, like especially like the psychology of it or like the kind of psychology. I don't want to say that because it's got a lot of baggage. Um, just the thinking behind it and the like the idea of like what's fun, what, why, like what does Mm -hmm. it mean to play? You Mm -hmm. know, what does that even mean and why is that important? And you know, where do video games fit in all of that? And, um, I think about, you know, there's this kind of like in one corner, it's like, let's look at like slot machines, for instance, like this is like a human machine interaction that is really debilitating for some people, right? Like it's so, it's so Mm -hmm. perfectly meets some need for them that they will just sit at a slot machine for days and days and days and just pump coins into it. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I think about, I'm like, okay, but that's not fun. Like, I don't, I mean, I'm like, I don't want to build a slot machine. There are plenty of programs that are essentially slot machines. Like you look out on there and it's like, well, this is another version of playing a slot machine. And right up into the point of where you're basically just putting in money on a regular interval in order to get some sparkly light back at you and occasionally some minor fraction of a return of what you put it in in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are the, you know, there's peppered with those. And so I just think about the design of games and it's like, well, what is that the, like the perfect design in the sense that it's like, it does everything. It's I'm, I'm assuming the goal is to like give pleasure to a human or like give some enjoyment to a human. I mean, I don't know. Like what? to me, it's not a perfect design, but it is like very effective at what it does. Mm-hmm. I think uh, some of that 
it's, I mean, it comes down to satisfaction, right? I mean, sure. Small amounts of satisfaction, whatever that may be. And a lot of those slot machines, especially the newer ones now that they have those, it's like a full computer screen <laughs> there, yeah. you know, but like it's the flashing lights and the things that go bling and fly across the oh, screen. Yeah. Like yeah. all that's like little minute pieces of satisfaction. So when you're sitting there pushing the thing and the lights are flashing, it's like, ooh, you know, you get little yeah, it's like little shivers every time it does its thing. Yeah. And I think that's the same thing with those um those uh mobile games like uh farm was mm-hmm. that one? Yeah. The farm thing. There's Farmville, but yeah. I don't know if that's the one that you're talking Candy about. Candy Crush or all all I think oh, all of those Angry games. Birds or, yeah. yeah. And like, Angry Birds, what are you, eighty? Come on. They're all designed to be addictive. Yeah. Yeah. And all the little yeah. wigs whizzing things going over the screen and all the lights flashing and stuff. I think all yeah. that is part of the satisfaction. And I sit and I watch my wife play that game and she's like locked into it and all it's doing is just flashing little lights and stuff. And it's like, there's a mesmerizing thing about it that yeah. just like yeah. keeps you locked in, even though you're not really winning anything. Right. You're, right. I don't know. There's satisfaction in the, yeah. the yeah. flashiness of dopamine. Yeah. yeah. There's some yeah. hereditary component to this because like my whole dad's side of the family can, we can, we have a joke about it that we could be entertained in perpetuity by meeting any two of the following four conditions. Pretty colors, <laughs> flashing lights, moving parts, or sound. Mm-hmm. And it only takes two, bare minimum of two, and it'll be like, oh, look, it's those moving pretty colors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's it. Yep. <laughs> so and like, and she's gone. <laughs> yeah. So the, the funny thing about slot machines is they've kind of got it all, but yeah. I yeah. think there's like too much of it for me. Because oh. also I don't like losing money because I don't ever yep. have enough that I even want to risk right. losing any of it ever. Yeah. And the only time I've ever gambled money was when I went on the annual oyster dinner. Um, and Disco and Mile High gave me $2 uh-huh. and said, you have to gamble this money in the Oh My God Kittens slot machine. And I was like, okay, I will. And Mile High won like $5 when she did it. Yeah. And she like kept going for a little while and then cashed out. And so Disco like gave me the $2 and I put the $2 in and nothing happened. Like, I mean, something happened. I lost it immediately. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, mm. that was like even more dissatisfying than I had been worried about for the last 39 years. Like, yeah. I don't know. Right. It just, uh, so the gambling doesn't appeal to me. The yeah. losing money bit doesn't appeal to me. But I think something about the sounds of slot machines, I find mm-hmm. like, I find casinos when I, uh, like when I'm just in them. Yeah. I'm hopelessly reminded of fear and loathing in Las Vegas. Uh-huh. Like yeah. they are just in and of themselves a psychedelic trip and I don't like them so much. I find them really disorienting, which they are on purpose. Of course. Yes. Yeah. yeah. They're super like the, our beloved pepper mill, however, mm. I can navigate now like the back of my hand. Yes. Yep. Yeah. It's like every time I was there, I was in high stress. And so like That's it's imprinted, hard, yeah. okay. imprinted on my neurology but uh yeah anyway so i think like part of the reason that i'm not lured in by slot machines is the the sounds that they make yeah they're not good there's a weird thing about casinos they play like nine inch nails i'd just be like ah Uh (laughs) parked in front of the one goth slot machine playing nine inch nails forever (laughs) that's pretty good yeah yeah casinos are weird because they're like 
they're they're like dirty and loud and and bright and noisy but like in a weird way like erotic because of all the like i don't know you kind of get like this you hear all the sounds and it's like the sounds of people winning and satisfaction and stuff and it's yeah. like oh, when you yeah. walk in it's like oh this is weird it's like yeah it's, it's gross and dirty but like i'm kind of turned on because i want to win things but yeah yeah but you know you're not like very stimulating always wear crazy outfits too yeah right. well the pepper mill they run around in those like like <laughs> maybe part of that's because tights and something like that. I mean, <laughs> that could have something like to do with it too yeah they're like body suits they're body like suits, yeah. yeah um oh i wanted to ask about so like kind of um kind of wrapping up a little bit like i just wanted to kind of bring it back to the design thing that we've been having like do you guys have any like other okay. things did we ask you chris like enough information like you know what you what's your favorite color <laughs> if blue, which is blue, uh yeah. the designer color of the year uh, for 2020 yeah. uh-huh. a blue i forgot what the name of the blue is but there's okay a, well i'm glad that at yeah. least you mentioned there's that an actual there's a blue, blue. It, yeah. you're not just like you know all blue cerulean <laughs> blue right what's your it's favorite photoshop blue. tool oh god you could only take uh, desert <laughs> island Photoshop tools. Oh, nice! <laughs> you only get three. <laughs> Photoshop tool? Um, God, I don't know. I'm trying to run through. <laughs> There's tools. so many. There's just so many. <laughs> um, I don't know. Layer masks. Layer masks. Nice. It's not really a tool, but it's kind of like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Just, so like much I, you can do no, with them. That's a, yeah, that, awesome. was a fair, awesome. that was a That was a considered <laughs> legit answer to a hilarious question. I'll take that. I got an answer for that. Yeah. That's great. I like that. Um, um, I can't think of anything else. I, what is, what's know. our time at? We We've doing? been going for an hour and eight minutes, so. Oh, this is a long one. Yeah, this Longer. is like, yeah, a good 15 minutes of our And you're going to cut half of it. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, generally we don't cut most of the stuff. Like, we'll see. I mean, we haven't gotten a lot of, our audience really hasn't given us a lot of feedback. Audience. We're hoping, like we talked about earlier, like if we can pluralize and go to two, like it will have doubled our audience. One, we'll, two, we'll infinity. Two yeah. Audience. Yeah, right? And beyond. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Anyway, we're, I, the, the goal, I think it would be interesting to see, like, we haven't got a lot of feedback, so we don't know if people want to hear more rambling and, like, don't right. bother editing because it's a fine enough pace or do edit. I'd rather this was much more concise and sped up or something. Right. It's not very, like, information content. I, I mean, there's information content, but I just, I hope people feel like, well, we're just kind of listening in on a conversation. Think, like, a, get, like, yeah. a focus group of some people together. And, yeah, and focus, one, and and focus, focus group yeah. the hell out of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're designers, right? Yeah. Well, like, the hilarious thing I got, I, like... My brother helped me do some of the sound stuff and like the feedback I've gotten has been, there's people I've, I've heard back from who I've been, they've been like encouraging and I'm like, great. Yeah. But then there's someone like my brother who was like, he helped me set up the, um, all the sound equipment and then, um, and he'd not really listened to podcasts much before this. And he was like really fascinated. And then we did some like practice podcasts together to like set the levels. The one of them was hilarious. He's a really funny guy. So he, but then this is the funny thing. He goes, um, he's like, sends me a link to Mark Marin's What the Fuck podcast. 
And um, he and I was like, yes, that's Mark Marin. He's great. Like we all listen to him, right? Mm-hmm. He's like, oh yeah, no. I mean, I don't know. I just found him. I thought, and then I was like, that. He's like, I just found this random podcast. Like he was treating it like it was, like totally a mind- unknown. Yeah, like not a yeah. major, like not like every yeah, single person knows who that is, right? Or I mean, not everybody. Like if you don't know, I highly encourage that as a great person to listen to, great comedian. But the reason you might know of him is because he had Barack Obama on his in his garage being interviewed right yeah Um, and terry gross and terry gross Mm -hmm. yeah Um, which was kind of like i felt like when that interview happened we were going over like some kind of weird interview event horizon uh, and just getting extruded somehow into like a black hole of interview (laughs) you're right These two people should have a three-way have a three-way interview. Like when you put a, when you just line two other. mirrors up looking <laughs> at each other, see now now it need to happen is Terry Gross and Mark Maron need to go on Hot Ones. Uh, oh. So good, right? Right? I actually, I do you know, um, Chris? Do you know Hot Ones? That no, it's like oh a. Oh my gosh. Sean Evans. The Internet Hot Wings Show. It's a YouTube video or YouTube channel that's pretty great and funny. And it's basically the premise is like, um, there's this host, Chris Evans, and he... Sean Evans. Sean Evans. I'm so sorry. Oh, I said it wrong. Edit that out. That's embarrassing. No, it's fine. Just throw me under the bus. It was my fault. So, um, anyway, uh, Sean Evans interviews... uh, They have 10 Hot Wings, like progressively hotter. And so then a guest will come on and they'll eat the hot wings together. So they'll both eat the like lowest spicy one and he'll ask. And so what's the tagline? It's like basically like, um, it's a great one. It's like, Hot wings and even hotter questions. Or oh, something. Though, yeah. <laughs> right. I don't know, uh, hot questions and even hotter wings. Yeah, that's right. It. Yeah. Nice. And, um, anyway, it's, uh, and, and by the end, it's like really hot, right? Like, yeah. just, right. And it's a, like a big part of it. Some people don't make it to the end. Yeah. Some people don't make it to the yeah, end. Stop. And it's, it's very. Trying to be serious and answer questions. Yeah. And, so. Yeah. Anyway, um, it's very common for people to say, it is so hot. I did not hear what you just asked. Me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's really, it's such a great show. And, and so Sean Evans, and he's um, an incredible interviewer. Yeah. He's really good. I mean, it's, it's really nice to like, he really connects with people and they do a really good job. And like, I really always appreciate, like, I'm like, I, I know who I often know who the guest is, but I'm not, I'm generally not a person who would call himself a fan of people. Like in the way normal people are, like, I don't. Like, I appreciate their work, but I don't know them as an individual well enough to, like, be like, do I like you or not? I don't know. Um, but anyway, on these shows, like, he does he does a really good job of, like, being like, I'm like, I would never think to even think about this person. They're really fascinating. Like, they have a lot of really interesting ideas to share, and I really enjoy it. He does a good job of, like, letting them be themselves and, like, really speak for themselves in a way that mm-hmm. other great interviewers, like Terry Gross does, mm-hmm. which is what I was saying the other day, where I was saying, like, I would, I would... How did I describe it? I was like, basically, like, if Kif- I would say, I would like say to Chris Evans, I would be Sean Evans. I would be like, <laughs> Sean, you're, I would like, I would compare him to Terry Gross in the sense that I would be like, oftentimes when I think of you, I do, I, or I think of Terry Gross, I might think of you. Um, but you're not on the same level. Right. <laughs> right, right, right. I'm not trying to like, I, like, this is a compliment, but don't like, you know, I don't want to be misconstrued here. Like this yeah. is, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, in, I feel in like 30 I'm, years, right. we'll see. Not as a qualifier. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, it's just, um, I just, she just blows my mind every time I like, I feel like she could interview Hitler and I'd be like, okay, well, 
I have I'm going to listen to this. That sounds I'm, interesting. <laughs> and like, no, I mean, I'd be like, God, there's nothing to like, there's nothing humane about this person. And she would find it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, or human. Like, you know, yeah, I'm still right. like, it doesn't justify anything. I'm just saying like, there's some people she's interviewed where I've just had no interest. Like that is not someone I care. And like, I'm not, not in a way like I don't agree with your existence. It's just, you know, <laughs> don't it, care. I'm just right. like, I don't care. Like that's not you. You're not. in a, in a field that I'm not interested in, in. And I'm just yeah. like this. And I'm like listening to it because of it's Terry gross. And then all of a sudden I'm like, this is a super fascinating person. Right. Yeah. Not Terry. I mean, Terry gross is yeah. but the, whoever she's interviewing, like she just yeah. brings it out. It's really great. Right. Anyway. Um, yeah. 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 She made Mark Marin cry. Yeah. God, such a good episode. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, mirror, yeah, just two mirrors. Wow. <laughs> Somehow infinity had shut up in the middle of it somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Um, should we share our awesome. tip for living well in hell? Mm. Yeah. This one came from Chris. It's be nice to people. Yeah, I like that one. Mm-hmm. Simple. Next week's yeah. is chew ice into a microphone. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm awful. I, like, I forgot we were even doing the podcast anymore. <laughs> and good night. And that's it. Right. Be um, nice. <laughs> be nice. Crunch, 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 crunch. What? What? <laughs> what? Sorry, what did can't you hear say? you. Can't hear you. Oh, the worst. All yeah. right, so everybody go read Don Norman's Design of Everyday Things. It's yeah, Design of it. Everyday Things, right? Yeah. Yes. That's the title. Design uh, of Everyday Things. That's it. I hope that's yeah. right. Yeah, I think I think that's it. Um, <laughs> yep. We should probably look it up. Anyway, yeah, we won't. We'll we'll fact check it later. You know what? This is the internet. There'll be some comment section where people will just scream <laughs> Wait, the just corrections <laughs> in vicious. It's like, the design of everyday thing. One star right. review. <laughs> I kind of thought about like if there's some review section, we should just encourage encourage people to just give one star. Just set the new standard. Just be like the more one star reviews, we, the, the more zero. Like just whatever the worst review is, leave that. Yeah. Because if you have right. enough of them, it's still a mark, right? Right. I mean, right. it's not, I can't imagine that our promotion of this podcast will ever be based on people finding it through the normal population uh, or the normal agri- like algorithms that are used to promote things on platforms, right? Yeah. Like, it's it's not going to be. Watch, we're going to get obnoxiously famous and I'm going to wander in and be like, we're doing something wrong. We've made a huge mistake. This has right. been a huge mistake. Just kind of unbelievable. Not the plan. We are clearly Daryl. Pull the recording. Offend, alienate, uh huh, yeah. instigate, right, agitate, failed, and complain. So good. Okay. okay. Well, that's it. That's Design Volume 2. Yeah, that's Design Volume 2. Thank you, Chris, so much for Thank uh, you for having us. Thanks, yeah. Damon. Um, we can, some... We'll work on the other stuff, and we can talk about whether you want to plug your full name or anything else. Like, we don't have <laughs> tripped on my own time. I mean, for now, we'll work on for that now. you're just a voice named Chris. Right, just a voice named Chris. Yeah. What more do you need? Right? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we're gonna, like, we'll put them up, and you can like listen to stuff and decide if you want to. Yeah. I think you seem fine. You didn't say anything too stupid. No. I said a lot of stupid stuff. I don't even know what I said. So yeah, we're right. good. We should just. In fact, I don't want to listen to it. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to listen to it. Yeah, right. You, you were there. I'm just, pretend, okay. I'm just gonna pretend this never happened. Um, okay. Anyway, I, we, I think we covered all the things. Okay. 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 Bye. Okay. 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 Okay.